Welcome to the Eerie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. We've been discussing the characteristics of God in a series called Introducing God. Pastor Nicole has been examining several attributes of God, not only so we can better understand who he is, but so that we are better equipped to tell others about him. First, she examined the goodness of God. And last week, we saw that God is a God of justice, but along with his justice, God provides us his love and mercy. Today, Pastor Nicole will be talking about the wisdom of God. And if God knows everything, what does that mean for us when we face hardships and troubles? That's what we're going to discuss today. So let's get started. Here's Pastor Nicole. We are in a series today called Introducing God, and we have covered the goodness of God, the justice of God, and today we're talking about the wisdom of God. And so some people uh, use the term know-it-all in a negative way. Have you ever been called a know-it-all or you've called someone a know-it-all? Uh, a lot of times you say this to your sibling probably, and, or maybe you ask for advice uh, about something and they give you more than you've asked for or they correct your information. That's never a good feeling. But, you know, we can spin any term positive, right? And so today uh, I'm going to spin that term know-it-all positive, and it can also be someone Uh, who has good, solid facts about a certain topic, or someone who knows a lot of random trivia and surprises you with their knowledge. So what we're going to do today is we're going to start off with a little activity that's going to tell us who are the know-it-alls in the room. Okay, all right? The good ones. The good know-it-alls in the room. And so uh, what I want you to do is keep your own score. It's a six-question test, uh, but tell the person next to you your answer so you're not cheating, because I know some of you, you'll say you got it all right, and you didn't, all right? You can't get it past me. And so uh, tell the person next to you the answer, and everyone keeps their own score. You ready? Okay. Thanks for having fun with me this morning. Number one, these are all random trivia facts, okay? Super random. None of them are very spiritual. We're just going to go with random trivia facts. Number one, what is the name of the artist who painted the Mona Lisa? Tell the person next to you. The answer is Leonardo da Vinci. All right, all right, all right. Number two, in what city would you find the Lincoln Memorial? In what city would you find the Lincoln Memorial? Yell it out if you know it. Washington, D.C. All right, all right. Washington, D.C. is the answer. How many of you have been there? You've been to the Lincoln Memorial? Okay. Uh, Number three, what temperature does water boil? What temperature does water boil? Bonus points if you can name it in both Fahrenheit and Celsius. Tell the. All right, it's 212 degrees Fahrenheit. And what is it, Celsius? 100 degrees Celsius. All right. Number four. Who is the author of Romeo and Juliet? Shakespeare. Shakespeare is the answer to that one. And number five. What year did the Beatles band form? What year did the Beatles band form? No Googling. Okay, no Googling. What year did the Beatles band form? 1957. Who got it? Who got it? One? All right, very good. Oh, over here. All right, last one, number six. Which planet is closest to the sun? 
Which planet is closest to the sun? Tell the person next to you. The answer is Mercury. Mercury. I love how some people are like, oh my goodness. Okay, so how many of you got four out of six? Raise your hand. Okay, five out of six. Six out of six. Okay, so anybody got six out of six? Okay, we got some of you. Elia LaPlaca, I see you over there. All right, very good. So congratulations, you earned the title of knowing stuff. That was, this is your reward. Would you just tell the person next that they, they knew stuff, you knew stuff, if they got four or five out of six. Thanks for having fun with me this morning. Let's just give an applause for you all for playing today. <laughs> very good. Hey, here's some good news. Our knowledge is limited, but God knows everything. Our knowledge is limited. Don't be, don't be bummed out if you only got four or five out of six today because God knows everything. And you could sum up the meaning of wisdom with the words know-how. Wisdom is based upon knowledge. Wisdom can't exist without a knowledge of all the facts pertinent to any purpose or plan. Theologians use the term omniscient when speaking about God's infinite knowledge, and God knows everything about everything. In fact, God knows what we're thinking. If you were thinking that's a dumb game, God knew that, you see, all right? So just saying. In Luke 5.21, it says Jesus knew what they were thinking. Now listen, only God knows what we're thinking. The enemy does not have the power to know your thoughts. Only God knows. God knows everything that's going to happen he even knows everything that could happen under any set of circumstances. He can run all the scenarios and variables and knows all the paths possible. And you know what this means? There is no problem you have that God cannot solve. There is no problem that you can dream up that God does not know what to do with. There is no action that you can take that God isn't sure now how to handle it. You are not the person God is not sure what to do with, okay? God knows how to, problem, how to solve every problem, and there is no problem you have that God cannot solve. God's wisdom enables him to know how to do anything and everything. And wisdom entails the skillfulness to formulate a plan and to carry it out in the best and most effective manner. My favorite definition of God's wisdom comes from Dr. Charles Ryrie. <clears throat> it says this, the wisdom of God tells us that God will bring about the best possible results by the best possible means for the most possible people for the longest possible time. Can you say amen to that this morning or hallelujah? Thanks be to God, right? God has a good plan and he has all the resources and all the knowledge to work that plan out in your life flawlessly. And as believers in Jesus, we have an incredible resource at our disposal in the wisdom of God. You know, God has all the wisdom possible and he wants to share that wisdom with us. He wants to help us make good decisions and to live wisely. Solomon was one of the wisest men that ever lived, and he wrote um, this about wisdom in Proverbs 3. I'm going to read it to you. It's five verses. And when he uses the pronoun she, I just want to let you know that Solomon is actually personifying wisdom into a woman. Uh, he's saying, uh, when he's talking about using the pronouns, pronoun she, it's actually talking about wisdom itself. So let's read that this morning from Proverbs 3. It said, blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she, wisdom, is more profitable than silver and yields better return than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. And she is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. 
So seeking the wisdom of God has really significant benefits. That's what this, this passage is talking about. So in verse 13, Solomon says, wisdom leads to happiness. That word blessed is actually another translation of happy. And so a truly happy life is rooted in having the wisdom of God. If you want a truly happy life, you have to have the wisdom of God. Verse 14 says, uh, wisdom, it's better than any riches or materials we could ever gain. Wisdom imparts the kind of character and training that, that brings contentment and quality of life that money could never provide. And Solomon had everything he needed uh, in the, the material world. He had all the riches that he needed, but he is still saying, look, wisdom is the thing that makes my life good. It's not the, not the money I have. It's not the things I have. It's the wisdom that I've gotten from the Lord. In 1 Kings 3, um, Solomon shows this kind of love and dedication to the Lord through some actions, and the Lord is having a conversation with Solomon, and actually, uh, theologians think he's about 19 or 20 years old, and the Lord comes to him in a dream and says, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Okay, let's just stop here for a minute. Uh, can you just imagine your 19 or 20-year-old self, okay? And, and some of you are 19 or 20 right here, but some of you and your some of us, a few years ago, it was, okay? And you're 19 and you're 20-year-old self, and the God of the universe comes to you in a dream and says, whatever you want, just tell me what it is. What would you ask for? Long life, a full bank account, unlimited flight points, <laughs> a Lamborghini, a good wife. What would you ask for? Well, it's pretty amazing because 19 or 20-year-old Solomon says to the Lord, Lord, all I want is wisdom from you. All I want is the discerning heart, and I want wisdom from you. And we see God's response. He's very pleased with this in 1 Kings 3. He says, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. And so God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. And I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never be, have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. I love this because God rewarded Solomon with even more because Solomon asked for wisdom. And you know what that tells me? Wisdom always yields more. Wisdom always yields more. Wisdom always puts us in a better position than we could ever get on our own. If you're struggling with a situation and you seem to be going around and around in circles and not getting anywhere, you need godly wisdom. If you're sick in your physical body and you can't seem to get well, you need godly wisdom. If your finances are out of control, you need godly wisdom. Listen, no matter what your problem, the wisdom of God found in his word is the place to start because there's no problem God cannot solve. I hope you brought your problem with you to church today. I didn't want you to leave it at home or leave it in your car because here's the idea. There's no problem God can't solve. So let's bring our problems to the wisdom of God and watch what he can do in miraculous ways. All right, so this is what we're going to do today for the last part of my message. Is I, I, we brought, have a handout here. If you got it on your way in, grab it. If not, you can just follow along. 
and maybe even jot notes down in your phone or a piece of paper. But what I want to do is there are some principles in the scripture in Proverbs and in James that we can apply to our problems. But I don't want you to just hear it today through the lens of this is what happens uh, with my prob- with, with problems in general. I want to talk straight to your problem. In fact, I don't want to just talk to your problem. God wants to speak to your problem today. God wants to talk to your problem today. So this is what we're going to do is we're going to ask the Lord. I'm going to show you some different steps that you can do uh, as you're facing through different problems. And I want us to walk through this together and really actually uh, submit our problem to the Lord and see what he can do. So just take a minute and scribble down that problem. You can write it on this piece of paper right here where I have the problem and it's empty. Or if you, like I said, if you want to write it down on your phone or uh, just next to you, no one's going to see that paper. You're not going to turn that paper in so you can be as honest as you can. If you don't have a problem, uh, ask the person next to you. They probably have one you can borrow, okay? Because I know I have more than one. Um, Call the church office. We'll give you all you want. Just kidding. Uh, But write down something that needs a solution or a problem you're facing right now. And just ask the Lord what that is. I'm just going to give you a minute. Okay, the first step when we have a problem is to surrender the problem. So Solomon wrote to us in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. So here's here's what Solomon wants us to know. Here's what God wants us to know. We can trust him. Like we can look at the challenge and the problem and we can trust the Lord completely and fully because God's wisdom is not too small. God's wisdom is not too short for this problem. I love Proverbs 3. It says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Not part of your heart, not the rest of your heart after you've done what you can do. Not your heart on Sundays, but not on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? But all of your heart. And then it says, lean not on your own understanding. We recognize that the authority and the sovereignty that God has can solve this problem. And we declare, we agree that God is in control. He is Lord over it. We don't have to know all there is to know because God knows everything. And the best hands this problem can be in is the Lord's. In fact, if you put this in the Lord's hands, he'll handle it. If you put your problem in the hand of the Lord, he'll handle it. And so let's just put that into action right now, just between you and the Lord right now. Just say, Lord, I surrender this problem to you. It's not just mine anymore. It's ours. It's not just my problem. I don't have to figure out what to do with my own wisdom. I surrender this to you. So just take a minute and and just do that with the Lord, just you and the Lord. but God's word is full of wisdom. And so often we are stuck. We don't know what to do. And the answer lies within these pages already. We know that the word of God uh, speaks to adversity 
how to handle difficult people, how to navigate conflict, how to steward our resources, what to do if we feel depressed or anxious. And that's just to name a few. God's word is so full of insight and advice that you can directly apply to your life in the situations that you face every day. Psalm 19:7 says it this way, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. And the more you sink roots in God through his word, the more that wisdom will mark your life. The more that you sink your roots down into God's word, the more wisdom will mark your life. And, and you know, this step might take some time. It might take some study throughout the week. You, you can research, maybe look up verses that apply to your problem. But for this morning, I just wanna take a minute. We're gonna pause here in a minute. And I want you to ask the Lord to highlight to you a scripture or a word uh, to study related to the problem. Because sometimes God will do that. I remember I was in a particularly hard season several years ago, and the Lord said to me, uh, read Isaiah. And I said, uh, Isaiah doesn't have anything to do with this problem. And God was like, these pastors, they think they know everything. Read Isaiah. <laughs> Am I God or are you God? You know. And I said, okay, I'll read Isaiah. And I'll tell you the richness of what the Lord taught me in that book applied to the problem, <laughs> applied exactly to what I needed. Sometimes we think the problem is one thing and God knows what the real problem is. And he gives us the solution to that problem in a different way. And so right now, would you just ask the Lord, God, where should I start? Is there some place I should be reading? Is there a scripture that I've already learned in the past that you're bringing up to me to relate to this problem? is available for every believer. He does not give wisdom to some and not to others. He, he doesn't withhold any good thing from his people. James 1.5 says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. God wants to give us his wisdom and give it abundantly, but there are some guidelines to this. If we actually keep reading um, in, in this particular passage in six and seven, it says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. James is just reminding us here that our request for wisdom or revelation about a problem, that we have to ask God in faith. We have to ask God and know that he has the ability because if we don't genuinely want his wisdom, then we won't get it. I liken it to this scenario. Have you ever get, been asked for advice, but you could tell the person didn't actually want it? Anybody? Does anyone have children? Okay, I'm just kidding. But you know, like they, hey, can you give me some advice? And then the person doesn't actually want it. Or if you give some advice that contradicts what that person wanted to hear, they just sort of shut down and dismiss it. And they're like, yeah, but that's just like not what I wanted to hear. I think this is what, an example of what James is teaching here. He's saying, listen, ask God for wisdom. He wants to give it to you, but don't ask unless you really want it. Don't ask unless when God tells you, you are going to do it. Because God has the wisdom. He knows, but we, 
need to be able to say, we are going to act on that when God tells us it. I love Charles Spurgeon said it this way. You know, dear friends, that there is a way of praying in which you ask for nothing and get it. That's good. So let's just pray right now that our hearts will be open to God's wisdom. Just pray for a fresh new revelation. Ask the Lord to give you a new perspective on this problem. Maybe you've been thinking about it the same way for a long time. Would you pray for a new, a new revelation, a new word, a new perspective? because they're problems. <laughs> they stir up anxiety, they stir up worry, especially problems we can't see the solution to very easily or quickly. And I have to remind myself all the time this, worrying isn't helpful. Like worrying isn't helpful. Worrying has never solved my problem. In fact, worrying has never given me any type of solution. And so imagine what a difference it would make if you could believe and stand on the fact that God is all wise and that this pressing and difficult problem is fully under control by an all wise and loving father. Scripture tells us in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. One of the things that sticks out to me when I read this verse every time is that Jesus is truly asking us to be anxious about nothing, about no thing. And if he's asking us to do it, then it must be possible. It must be possible with God's help, even in a world full of tragedy and pain and problems, that when God asks us to be anxious about nothing, that he is not unaware of the problems that we face. He knows the future, he knows the past, and he still says, look, be anxious for no thing, because I am all wise, and I know, I, I have this problem in my hand. I am handling this problem, even if you feel like it's out of control. So when we're tackling a difficulty in our lives, we can surrender the problem, apply God's word to it, ask for a revelation about it, and trade your worry for peace about it. Here's the deal, our world is fat on information, but thin on wisdom, isn't it? All kinds of information, but very thin on wisdom. But wisdom perseveres. It lasts beyond all the currents of culture, beyond the fashions of the day. Wisdom seeks that which will last and is willing to trade immediate gratification for an eternal reward. And I love Solomon's wisdom. He had say his great advice to Christ's followers in Proverbs 4, 7. He says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get it. Get wisdom, chase it down, chase it at all costs. It's worth the dig, it's worth the wait, it's worth the work because wisdom is what's gonna give you what you need to handle all the problems that you face. So would you stand this morning? I wanna pray for you today. I wanna pray for wisdom. I wanna pray for your problem. I know God is here to take care of that problem. And so if you're comfortable, you just lift your hands up like this so I can pray for you today. 
Jesus, I come before you today, and God, we pray that you would give us your wisdom. We know it's infinite. We know you are all wise. We know you are all knowing. And we ask you and expect with anticipation and with a grateful heart, Lord, that we have brought a problem to you today, but there is no problem you cannot solve. That, that you have all the resources that we need. You have all the knowledge that we need. And we know that we can't navigate our lives on our own. So we surrender our problems to you. God, we no longer carry it ourselves. We share it with you, Lord. It's not just our problem. God, we ask that you would help us see in your word things that we need to understand and truth we need to know. We pray for a fresh, new revelation, a perspective. God, help us see it differently than we've ever saw it before. God, I pray that you would... Help us cast our cares on you. God, that we can just intentionally uh, live in this peace and, and this lack of, of anxiety and anxiousness, Lord, because we know that we serve and love an all-wise and faithful God and Father. And it's in your wise and loving name we leave our problems here today, and we know that you're working on our behalf. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Eerie First Podcast. We'd love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. When you do, it helps us spread the message of the gospel even more. You can follow Eerie First on Facebook or Instagram or visit eeriefirst.org for all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.